Grace and peace to you from our risen and ascended Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text for our sermon is Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. A wife of noble character who can find. She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. This is the word of our Lord. Our last midweek sermon in Advent, we focused on Joseph. We focused on the fact that God, our Heavenly Father, had provided a man to fill the institution of fatherhood for our Lord and Savior as he took on human flesh. And it seems fair that we give an equal amount to the other end of parenthood, to the mother. But you know what? You women have an advantage over us men. You have a connection with the child that God has not granted to us. The child literally grows in your womb. The umbilical cord connects you. Whether you're a male or a female here, you have a mother. And what a wonderful blessing it is. I look out on a congregation and I see many people whose mothers are in heaven waiting for them. Yes, many of our mothers passed on their faith as our fathers did. And I look out at a congregation and I see mothers whose children are in heaven waiting for them. God entrusted you with that child and you let your faith shine through. You're still a mother. And yet, as this text was written many, many years ago, over 2,000 years ago, we got to remember that it was written to an agricultural society. So we got to apply it to where we're at today. But the sad truth of the matter is, while motherhood was such an important institution that even our Lord was knit in the womb of, a, of, of his mother, the family has been under attack for a long time. The Industrial Revolution took the father out of the home. Sadly, it also took many of the children out of the home, and we're thankful that laws were passed to prevent that. And then, sometime later, Feminism, and it has its good tenets to remind us men of things we're overlooking, but feminism taught many women, your career is more important than your family. And it took the woman out of the home. 
And so we have the institution of marriage and family appearing before the Supreme Court. And Ruth Ginsburg gives the worst definition I've ever heard of marriage, claiming it's only so that women could have legal rights under men as if they've been enslaved. That is not what the Bible has to say. And in fact, I've heard many women hearing this text say, I despise that woman in Proverbs 31. I'm not as good as she is. This isn't giving a picture of what this woman did every day, considering a field and buying it and these sorts of things. Actually, ladies... This text was written by Solomon under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to have your back. It's not a to-do list for you. It's pointing out to all of us what a blessing a Christian mother and a Christian spouse is. And so we arrive at our sermon theme today, which is the point of today's text. Thank the Lord for Christian wives and mothers. Solomon begins by pointing out, a wife of noble character, who can find? Rare bird. She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flasks and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing the, her food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. Yes, of course, the way our, even our economics work today is different. But the point that's being brought out here is God uses, has used our mothers, God uses our spouses to serve and nourish the household. And it's interesting, Solomon got this. He says she's worth far more than rubies. Some years ago, I heard the statistic that if a stay-at-home mom was paid, given a paycheck, fair labor for all the work she did, she would bring home about $150,000. Lots of work there. And how often is it even as mother has entered the workplace that while dad is up doing things in the morning, she's up earlier preparing the kids' lunch for school, preparing the husband's lunch for, for his lunch break. What a blessing it is. And this text isn't saying men aren't allowed to cook. I, I enjoy spending a lot of time on the grill. It's simply pointing out how God uses Christian mothers to serve and nourish the household. Doing this as partners with their husband. What a blessing to have that nourishment. And let us not forget a nourishment that Christian mothers give. So often a Christian mother nourishes her children as the father is to as well with the word of God. It's amazing how I can talk to my own mother now that I have my own family and, and still find wonderful Christian advice from a loving mother's heart. In the next section, he points out something else in line with that nourishment. In verse 16, he says, She considers a field and buys it, and out of her earnings she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. A lot going on here. She's a steward of what God has entrusted to the household. She is working with the man. God wanted the man when he created him to see that he was making a corresponding helper. And what a blessing it is to have one that doesn't fight in the household and act against, but to have that corresponding helper. And God here shows us that he entrusts them 
as stewards of the household, working together with their husbands as God intended for that stewardship. And and we forget that, that even a stay-at-home mom maybe isn't bringing home a paycheck, and, and one that does work, she is being a steward by doing that, but yet there's still stewardship in the household. In some households, the man is the more gifted, and and he balances the checkbook and pays the bills. In others, the woman is more gifted in that area, and, and, and they've worked it out that she manages the checkbook and pays the bills. But the point here is, she doesn't work against, and he doesn't work against. The couple is working together, and God has used both of them as stewards of the household. Now, feminism has a problem with what the Bible has to say, and that's our second lesson in Ephesians. They've taken the word submit and they've changed the meaning. They've changed the meaning from what Scripture means, and when it says wives submit to your husbands, they've changed that meaning to your husband is a cruel master and you better do what he says, and then they tell you better stand up to this. That's not what the Bible means by submission. And if you read verse 21, which they ignore, it says submit to one another. There's a loving service that's provided between father and mother that fits the whole household. And we are told that that there's a mini model God intends that he actually brings out of marriage today. I began this sermon by saying many of us have mothers in heaven waiting for us, and, and, and I should have said fathers as well. You see, in a Christian home especially, we see what's being pointed out in Ephesians chapter 5. Marriage is a mini-model of the invisible church of all believers. Fathers are told to represent Christ. Man, that's pretty scary, isn't it? Because he's perfect. We're thankful he was perfect in our place. But they represent Christ. What did Christ do for you, the church? He took on human flesh for you. He lived for you. He died for you. He clothed you with his righteousness. Feminism completely ignores those verses, doesn't it? A lot of pressure on us men. And it tells the wife that she is to represent the church as a mini-model, the way the church loves Christ, and they're working together One of the pictures of a mother that is actually used by our Lord and Savior is when he looks out at Jerusalem and says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I have longed to gather you under my arms like a hen gathering up her chicks under into her nest. Of course, he's saying you wouldn't let it happen. But there's the beautiful picture of of the mother. The church nourishes us, does it not? Sharing the word of God. The church sees the Savior as her servant head. And the Savior sees the church as his servant helper, both having a servant attitude. And when Mama comes across as a mother hen, helping the Father teach the Word of God and nourish the children in it, what a wonderful blessing. And so we see so far that we want to thank the Lord for Christian wives and mothers. God uses them to serve and nourish the household. And God entrusts them as stewards of the household, working together with the husband. So in verse 21, we're told, and I want you to look out the window just for a second, because this is going to bring home the point. When it snows, she has no fear for the household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. 
Something's going on here. I'm, I'm reminded as a Christian father wanting to arrive at church is out shoveling the driveway. He's got to come earlier because he's got to preach. And then mama comes bundling with the kids bundled up and ready to go, each fulfilling their part. Her backing down a driveway that's nice and shoveled. And, and so he's done his part, her working to bundle up the kids. God uses Christian mothers to keep the household warm. Now, he's given us men something and he's built into us. This one we don't even have to be reminded of. God's built it into us men. We keep the household safe. Learn the man in this church that if somebody tries to break into their door is going to have to get past them, right? But mama keeps the house warm. Warm especially with the loving heart. See, God did make boys and girls different. We don't want to believe that anymore. We have a different chemistry in our brains. I say when the boy's in the womb, uh, he gets bombarded by testosterone and it severs the connection between the left and the right hemisphere. This means women have more emotional connections. So she actually does the better job at showing the love. Now, fathers show love the way Christ does and everything, but women are better at that, making the house a warm place. How sad it is when one instead seems to be content on making it a bitter household. But we're thanking the Lord for Christian mothers who actually do this. And we see an example of that in our gospel lesson. A Canaanite woman. She wasn't born a woman of the promise, but her daughter's demon-possessed. And it seems like our Lord's being cruel. Our Lord actually gives her an opportunity to confess her faith, and she does. And he heals her child. The warmth of a mother. It's kind of sad in our society today, though, that fathers and mothers have bought into the idea of evolution. See, evolution depends on the survival of the fittest. And it creeps its way into our household when we start bringing up our children and and telling them that they have to pick careers, that they're going to be the most wealth-earning because we want the fittest to survive, where we can be busy running them off to give them every advantage in life that we forget that the Lord has given them natural gifts that he's intending and steering them to use. When we put our eyes back on the cross of Christ, Fathers fulfill their role of representing Christ and mothers nourish the family with that love as the church nourishes her children, us. God uses those Christian mothers to keep the household warm. There's a pastor that my spouse and I both have a high regard for, and he tells a story. He wasn't always the guy who brought, it, who, who brought his children to church and was there representing Christ. In fact, it One day, as his wife was bundling up the kids, she had the station wagon. He had the four-wheel driveway. He thought he was doing the manly thing, and and he wasn't going to go to church. And and he looks out and sees his wife clearing the windshield off and bundling up the kids to get them to church. And She's got a good chance of getting stuck on this Wyoming winter day. Somehow, God let it sink through to him. He put on his Sunday best, cleared off the windshield, and said to his wife, Honey, load the kids up into my truck. God then moved him to teach this as a pastor. But what a wonderful blessing, because that woman keeping her house warm actually became God's instrument in awakening up her husband. So we thank the Lord for Christian wives and mothers. God uses them to serve and nourish the household. God entrusts them as stewards of the household along with the man, and God uses them to keep the household warm. We're told in verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
We men have our pet sins, but Solomon addresses a pet sin here that can come with women. It's called gossiping, running from house to house to be a busybody. And it hasn't changed much since Solomon wrote, wrote these words. Sometimes they can be so busy even gossiping about their own families that they don't realize the damage they're doing to their families. But Solomon here is telling us, thank the Lord for Christian wives and mothers. They are busy in the household, but not busy bodies. Busy taking care of the things God has entrusted to her, but not being a busy body destroying things. I've heard it said there's a, that behind every good man is a good woman. And I can say in my own life I've come to see that as true. I've been blessed. I'm a, I'm a better pastor because of the Christian spouse the Lord has given me, often reminding me uh, how a woman in, in the congregation or something would see that. What a blessing that is, isn't it? God created men and women to be two different pieces of a puzzle that are meant to come together to form the beautiful picture of Christ and his church. And so it is when a couple fits together like this and struggling against their own sins to glorify God, how we see that busyness in the household, how it's so maintained and taken care of. And Solomon says to us, men, when you have this in a wife, be thankful. We want to remember sometimes it's good to give them a rest. Some of the great marriage advice is, at least once a month, check into, a, if you got kids, check into a hotel, find a babysitter. That's not a law in the Bible, but give your wife the break she deserves. And so he says, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. We arrive at our first lesson today in, our, in our, our lessons where the Apostle Peter addresses this issue. Again, he warns the men. He says he calls the wife the weaker vessel. Now let's put this in perspective. You can have a man and a woman who are of the same weight and about the same build and generally he can outlift her. God has built us men to be the tractors, if you will. And in Solomon's time, the men were the one who usually worked the field. And God is saying to the men, I built you that way for a reason. Don't you use it to strong arm my daughter. Because as Peter says, or else it'll mess with your prayer life, which means God will mess with your faith. And there is again another way that women are, uh, in, in this context, weaker. This is talking to men, First Peter. Because I mentioned those neurological connectors that you women are more emotionally intelligent, if you will. But it doesn't take much to hurt a woman's feelings, does it? You're wearing that. That's it. And so God is telling us men, watch out emotionally for your mother. Watch out emotionally for your wife. And one of the greatest ways to do this is to provide them the reward that they deserve. How hard is it to remember to say thank you? Well... It can be pretty hard, can't it? It can be pretty hard, and so we set one day a year out that we do it, but let's not let this one day be the only day that we tell our Christian mothers and wives thank you. I often tell men in marriage counseling, this is actually really simple. About every three weeks you go to Walmart, and women are great like this. They don't have to be a dozen roses. Go to Walmart, spend four fifty on a nice little packet of flowers. When they die in three weeks, four weeks, you give her another one, and she'll light right up. 
It's amazing how many arguments it will resolve. It's simply a way of saying, thank you, I thought a little extra of you. And sad to say, when I say this, almost always the man's reaction is, I don't need you to tell me how to boil my wife. And I don't know why they feel threatened by it. It's the way God built us, I guess, in our sinful nature. But the point there is, show them the things. And again, there's something said there. The Apostle Peter says that a woman's beauty should not come from gold and jewelry. He's not saying it's wrong to braid your hair and wear jewelry. What should really shine through women is your faith. And that's, that's what Solomon is telling men. When your wife's faith shines through, be grateful and let her know it's shining through. When your mother's faith is shining through, be grateful and let her know it's shining through. I've counseled couples where I've even wanted to say for the poor woman, yes, she's born four children for you. It changed her body chemistry. And in our society today, we seem to think that the anorexic look, the skin over bones look, is what's attractive. God says, when I look through the cross of Christ, what I see is the faith, and that's what's beautiful to me. And it's amazing when we see it God's way, how that will actually change the way we physically view somebody as well. So in this last section, what we want to wrap all this up is, is beauty changes as we get older. So does our men. We, I say we men, we lose our hair and we grow hair in strange, ugly places. But when the face shines through, that's the true beauty that God wants us to see. And so not just one day out of the year, which does remind us, but throughout the year, we want to thank the Lord for Christian wives and mothers. God uses them to serve and nourish the household. He entrusts them as stewards of the household. God uses them to keep the household warm. They're busy in the household, but not busy body. And so we thank the Lord for the gift he's given us in them. And remember to show thanks all year. Amen. Let us conclude our sermon with prayer. We thank you, O Lord, for Christian mothers whose lives are a living demonstration of the church's love for Christ. The institution of marriage is under attack in our society, and our society also views the biblical role of motherhood as old-fashioned and sexist. Therefore, we thank you for Christian mothers who continue to fulfill this vocation as you intended and ask you to preserve this vocation from these terrible attacks. Amen.